Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and uh, I got another Canadian on the uh, on the call. Um, he's in our Vitality Shift, in our Vitality Engine, um, and it's funny, I see him online all the time, and I haven't really met him ever, and so this is the first time I see him, I meet him virtually, and like we were saying, after we're allowed to travel again, hopefully we get to meet in a real person. Um, that would be nice. But uh, this guest, he graduated from the New York Chiropractic College in 2004. And I think this might be the first uh, guest that I've interviewed from the New York Chiropractic College. So that'll be kind of interesting. And he practices in Vaughan, Ontario. Uh, and his name is Dr. Matthew Bordelusi. And uh, I'm really uh, happy that you uh, took the time to join us on this. We're, it's on a Sunday that we're talking right now. And I think both Alberta and, and, and Alberta or and, and Ontario are locking down in the next uh, day or two. So it's like, we just finished talking about all the last things we got to do, like eat out, go to the gym, all the fun things. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am very happy to be here. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, I, I, you're always very active in the community on, in the vitality shift and you're always kind of helping out a lot of the shifters as far as like online stuff goes. And, and, uh, and, and I had, didn't know very much about your story. And so I'm kind of, this is also selfish so that I can actually get to learn more about you, but then also uh-huh. help to share, uh, share with the listeners some things that will be able to possibly help them out during the crazy trying times that we have right now. So, sure. so let's, let's start off. Uh, how did you figure out, find out about this crazy profession in the first place? So this crazy profession, I kind of stumbled into it. Like I, you know, didn't come from a chiropractic family. Uh, you know, didn't, I didn't really have a chiropractic, you know, miracle story as a, you know, as a patient where it altered my life in a good way. Um, I, Going through university, you know, high school and into university, the plan was, you know, something healthcare related. And, you know, the kind of the default or the you know, de facto is, you know, shoot for medical school, become a doctor and uh, that way. And that's, that was kind of the road I was heading down. And, you know, so undergrad studies were geared towards that and preparing to, uh, you know, apply for medical schools and, and go that route. And uh, I had a, a summer work, summer job in a specialist of internal medicine uh, in my home community doing some clinical research uh, under him. And a lot of it was just scouring patient files uh, and, and just seeing, you know, how do these docs in the, you know, out in the real world, what do they do to take care of people, um, you know, as they age, as they get older. And the, the wake up was, I didn't really, sound like it really made a lot of sense to me. It was, you know, a lot of, you know, Mrs. Jones comes in with all these problems. These lab numbers look awful. Uh, so here's what this medication is going to help to do with the lab numbers. Well, she still comes in next week and next month and whatever still feels the same and all the rest and all the same problems still there. Well, the lab numbers look a little better because we, you know, we medicated it up and um, nothing really got better, right? Nothing didn't improve the, these people's quality of life. And, you know, they were managing the downward slide. And I said, like, 
this is healthcare. I, I don't know. That doesn't really make me feel all inspired. And <laughs> so, you know, I started kind of thinking about it. And around the same time, a good friend of mine who was an undergrad, undergrad, or at the same time, she she had gone and already started chiropractic school on her own uh, a year ahead of me. And she says, why do you look at this? And so I did. And the more I learned about chiropractic and, you know, some of the, the really core premise of it, uh, I said, hey, that kind of makes sense. That resonates with me um, more so. That's, you know, kind of, it, it just kind of makes more sense. So let me look into this. And, uh, you know, more I looked into it, I said, hey, this is something I want to pursue and I want to do. So that's how that started. And uh, yeah, I ended up at New York Chiropractic College. And that's how, that's how we got on it. And that's so it, it really put me in a different direction. Um, and kind of the one that I kind of made more sense for me, you know, right. felt more natural for me. Yeah. Did, did you, uh, did you go to a chiropractor before you went to chiropractic school? Like, did you just check it out? Or Actually, did you just... No, no. Uh, when I, had, <laughs> when I, you know, once I was, once I decided, Hey, this is what I do. Then I did start, you know, interviewing, you know, you know, kind of trying to shadow a few guys locally uh, in my hometown uh, to get a better understanding of it. And there were some that were really good and really helpful, you know, providing some information on it. Uh, so, you know, I said, Hey, yeah, this is good. I like what you do. I like, you know, I like what it can help helps people and then you also start hearing all these stories that you know most people don't sit around talking about hey i went to my chiropractor and now i feel amazing yeah uh, once you say to them hey i'm gonna go to school for this they're like oh i've done that you know i've been to a chiropractor myself and this was the amazing experience i had so you then you really start to see right this is something there's something to this so uh, you know so it just it just helped feed that uh desire to to learn more and do more with it Cool. And so like, just, so not going to chiropractor, how did you actually uh, decide going to New York, New York chiropractic college? So New York chiropractic college was the nicest campus in the United States of the three schools that I went and checked out. No, that was not the real reason. Um, it, it certainly was. Uh, however, it was, uh, it, it was, you know, closest to home. I'd also considered uh, national, which was in Chicago, which was about, and more or less same geographic distance from my hometown. But uh, NYCC was nicer campus, nicer facilities. Um, they did great on the Canadian board exams, which is obviously important, uh, you know, to be able to come back to practice in, in Canada. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just liked everything about it. Uh, so, uh, and of the three down there that I considered, the, that was the top. Um, you know, I, I hadn't considered... I didn't. I didn't consider CMCC, which is here in Canada, only because it was kind of late in deciding. You know, I would have had to wait a while to apply for the following year. Right. So if I could start sooner to go to NYCC, I'd finish a lot sooner than if I waited around to to apply and get through CMCC. So it would have, you know, just got out of the gate of my actual career that much faster, maybe by about two years. So I said, you know what, let's go this route, get her done, and that was that. That's interesting. So, um, how was your experience at New York? And, and actually, I'm always I'm curious too. When did you ever get your first adjustment? <laughs> so I did get my first adjustment in you know in the first trimester there in the first term. Yeah. Um, 
was uh, was where my first adjustment took place. You know, one of the professors that it uh, versus uh, you know a student intern being my first experience. <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> it was a, it was a good intro. Uh, and he, you know, he like they, you know, like a lot of people say, you know, just kind of turned the power on, lit me up, and I was like, wow, that's great. Um, so so that was that first experience. And one thing special about our class there, um, our first day of class was really wasn't a first day of class. It was, it was orientation and it happened to fall on 9-11. So wow. half hour into that day, the dean of something or other comes rushing into our lecture hall and says, hey, this is what's happened. Uh, and you got to think about it. You know, a class of 120 people, I would say probably 50 of them are from New York State and a good proportion of those are from New York City area. So wow. you can imagine the impact of having that kind of be your start. But, uh, you know, it, you, you see how, you know, a community, not only the school, but, you know, a nation kind of rallies together uh, and, and comes stronger as a result because of that. Uh, it, it was really something unique um, and, and just really something special. But it, it was kind of, you know, kind of made, you know, made a, a little bit different for our experience than probably anybody else. And any other class going through there, we were kind of the the nine eleven class. Wow, that's crazy! Because that would have because you're so close to you, you probably would have kind of disrupted. I know because even in like in Alberta, like I remember, I still remember driving around the next day after, and it felt like kind of how it is now with the with the lockdown. Like there was like nobody driving around. Like it was yeah. dead quiet. It was crazy. It, it, it was kind of surreal. We you know we obviously got sent home. They said you know classes are canceled. We don't we don't want anybody in big buildings in case something happens. And, you know, the, the days and your evenings leading up to that first day of school, yeah, everybody was going out to the local, you know, normally there was only two bars in town out of this little town. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody's going out to the bars and, and it's a hop in time uh, on the weekend leading into the first days of school. Um, and then that evening, you know, we went up to something like, well, we might as well hang out together, do something. So we went back to one of them and no music playing, all the, it was like a sports bar kind of thing. And they had all the TVs around and just playing CNN constant and everybody just sitting around watching TV, the TV, watching CNN, um, you know, trying to just absorb the, you know, what's going on and, and just get connected and, and know what's happening and just kind of absorb the, the impact of, of what that had, what that was. So it was, uh, it, it was, it was cer certainly something, uh, something that I, I would never forget. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, now, in in your chiropractic career, like like when you were learning about chiropractic, did you kind of learn a little bit more about the vitalistic aspect of it, or did you, did you initially kind of learn more of the MSK, or like how how are you introduced to chiropractic? So there was a there were sprinkles and hints of vitalism. You know, some of the profs there, you know, give you the glimpses of that. Um, at the same time, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the instruction and, you know, from diagnosis and into treatment and, you know, and beyond that and care planning, well, there wasn't really much care planning. It was more, how do you diagnose this, this fella and, you know, and, you know, get him you know, some kind of treatment. It was more musculoskeletal that way. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of, you were striving and in, in reaching us said like, well, what's this vitalistic stuff or this wellness stuff was the big keyword back the word then. Back then totally. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and then you talk, you know, some of the profs kind of allude to, you know, some of them are part-time. So they're, 
you know, they, they work in a practice the other days of the week and, you know, oh, they work in a high volume practice or a wellness practice, or, you know, they see a lot of peds and you're like, well, what's that like? What does that mean? You know? And, and that, you know, you get a little bit glimpse of it and you're like, that sounds cool. I, that's what I would like, you know, rather than, you know, a really, you know, injury based or pain based kind of thing. I'm like, I want health. I want to keep people healthy and, and get them healthier. Right. So like, what is that? Let me look at that. And you know, Hey, if you're a high volume wellness practice, likely you're making more money. Who knows? Right. It at least sounded that way. So like maybe there is something that, you know, really enticing about this. So you try to learn more and it, and it just wasn't a lot of it though. Yeah. Um, so getting out was, uh, you know, where you, you know, the rubber meets the road and it really didn't have a lot to go on. Uh, so that's where I started to then, you know, you, you kind of try to explore more and find out how do you make this work? Cause school doesn't prepare you, uh, right. you know, and I, I, I laugh and I cry at the same time. The last trimester was when they did the business course uh, to help, you know, prepare you as, you know, if you were going to start your own practice out of the gate or at some point, you know, how do you come up with a business plan? Well, by that point, and and my plan all along was to open up on my own. By that point, I had already drafted the business plan and and been talking to banks back up here um, to start lining up financing. And I was already looking at office space uh, in the area, you know, that I am. Uh, so, you know, like I was like six months ahead of that, which, you know, so you could maybe consider them six months behind where they really should be. They don't prepare you for the, you know, for the realities of, of, of being, you know, being in business uh, and, and just the real world itself. Mm-hmm. So I had to, you know, had to really start once I got out, they, hey, let's, uh, how is this going to happen? You know, how is this going to work? And, you know, where are these people going to come from? Uh, and, and once they get here, then what do I do with them? Uh, they didn't really know how to care plan, all that stuff. So, uh, luckily near, you know, about a year, little under a year in, I stumbled upon, uh, you know, a, a chiropractor based in Ontario here, who is a, uh, he was very successful. A lot of, a lot of chiropractors around though, Dr. Ogie. Um, and I, I started learning from him and probably that's that single you know, the, the learnings from him are, are basically what saved the, the practice and the business, uh, you know, after, you know, after a year of not going very far, right? Uh, and, you know, stumbling, stumbling out of the blocks. So, uh, you know, thankful to him that, you know, learned what I learned from him. And um, that kind of set things off and, you know, set things in the right direction. Yeah. So you, so you initially, once you graduated, you, you actually opened your own practice, right? Right yep. off the bat. Right out of the gate. Start from, you know, scratch and zero. zero. So, you know, scary, <laughs> the scariest possible thing to do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Where you have like 180% overhead. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't even want to look at those books and, and, you know, try to figure out what that was, you know, and yeah. I was just, I didn't even know what that, that meant. I was just like, uh, is there enough money at the end of the day to pay, you know, to, to buy some groceries? Oh, it was a good month. All right, cool. You know, so just that, that was kind of the metric at the time. So that's cool. So, yeah. so, so tell me a little bit about your um, evolved journey throughout your career, like uh, like going like learning from Ogie and then learning a little bit about more like how to care plan. Like, just tell me how your kind of evolution kind of went through practice. Yeah, uh, you know, Ogie stuff again. It creates a great foundation, you know, and, and with all due respect to him and uh, his the, the style that he uh, teaches is what worked 
for a charismatic individual like he is. I'm maybe not so charismatic, at least in, you know, in my office, I, I'm not, uh, I, I don't have that presence that he does. And not all docs do. He, he's a very unique individual that way. So um, it, it, it didn't know, again, it didn't, it, it worked to, a, to an extent, but it didn't fully resonate. So you end up, you know, not feeling completely uh, authentic or comfortable yeah. with it. And so then you, you start to kind of deviate from that. And that's where you, you can start, you know, you can start running into problems because, you know, there's a bit of a, I don't want to call it a blueprint, but there's sort of a, you know, a blueprint of, uh, you know, Hey, here's what you have to plan out for these people. Uh, and then, it, you know, if you're not sticking to it, then it falls apart, which if that's what you're, if that you're supposed to be doing, or you think that you're supposed to be doing and you're not, then Again, that just creates that inner turmoil for you that, uh, you know, and then it's not constructive. It becomes destructive. Um, the, other, the other thing that, you know, comes along with that in the evolution was uh, the other, well, it's a common in chiropractic thing, not in every profession, but common in chiropractic was uh, two people meet in chiropractic school, get married. Um, and so my partner in the practice at the time was my wife. Wow. So, you know, as we, you know, we had our, you know, growing family, you know, two young children come along. So we're trying to balance, you know, family life, balance the practice. And over time, our, our practice styles, as they evolved, evolved differently. Mm-hmm. They both were great practice styles, but they evolved differently. And, and because of that, it was a... Um, there became incongruency, you know, it, only because the dichot the uh, the dichotomy or the you know in the juxtaposition or comparing them in their side by side in a nice big open concept open in a dressing room, right. uh, you've got two different things going on, and uh, you know you've got you know patients of of mine looking over and saying, well, what's going on over there? How come they're doing that? Uh, and patients of hers. Um, looking over and seeing what's going on on my half of the room and uh, what's happening over there. Well, you know, yeah. that's a little different. Um, and so again, one, not better than the other. They're just different. Um, and so it, it, it's, it, it's not a, it's not a consistent message that's being, uh, you know, being presented or broadcast to your patient base. Uh, so if you ever have to, you know, cover for the other doctor, um, trying like to recreate so that experience, it just doesn't work. It just because it's not matching, right? right. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and so that that led to that led to you know that drifting of drifting apart of styles did become a, a major issue. And it again, practice never really bloomed and thrived to the extent it had the potential to, right. uh, and, and it just kept kind of churning and it's and it just okay, right? Yeah. Or, you know, producing enough to get by and did okay, but not enough to, that you were really excited about it all and, and that you were really happy with it. Mm. Yeah. And so, and, and so like, how did that kind of, how did that progress? So how it, uh, how it ended up was uh, the, we parted ways. Okay. Both professionally and personally. Yeah. Um, 
So we, you know, we both continue to, to live and work in, in our community to, uh, in completely separate practices. You know, again, both practice styles work. They work for us individually in each other. Yeah. Um, she's got her great, her own great practice, you know, not far down the road. Like we, you know, we coexist in, in, in the same world. Uh, and, uh, you know, they got a happy, her happy tribe. I've got my happy tribe and we both continue now her practice has blossomed and thrived and as is mine, you know, right. so, and we're both happy each doing our own thing. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate you being, well. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate being vulnerable though, because that's, that, that, that is a huge challenge. And actually it's funny because even the, a lot of chiropractors we'll do, we'll, we talk with, um, even just their spouse was, so for example, even with COVID, um, their, their spouse is like kind of more on that freaky end of COVID and they aren't, and then they have kids and then they have that dichotomy in the relationship. So yeah, I think a lot of people can totally relate or even just family members too. And so like dealing with that, that strife and like I, I I practiced my sister, we had a a tough thing too. So like, I I understand it's a common thing that happens. I, I, I will say this, I, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, she and I, you know, we went through school together, you know, you've in a, you know, a lot of our evolution continued to develop together, especially in our early years uh, of practice. And we're, we continue as, especially as long uh, along the lines of, you know, healthcare uh, for ourselves and our children. Yeah. Uh, it, it, we're, we're both on the same page. Um, and we, you know, we, you know, and, and I'm very grateful for, uh, my chiropractic education and its introduction to me about a, just a, a critical thinking about healthcare and critical thinking beyond uh, what's the conventional, um, you know, or common norm. Uh, right. So, you know, I'm very grateful for that. And, and I, and I look at that uh, in, you know, that's, that alone was, you know, worth the, you know, the price of admission, you know, or the price of tuition, yeah. Uh, was having that experience um, and, and, and having that understanding and feeling sound in my, my healthcare dis- or our health, you know, shared healthcare decisions about our, you know, raising our children, things like that. So, um, you know, very grateful for that. There, you know, there's a lot of, there, a, a, a multitude of positives from that. Oh, hundred percent. Now, now when you went out on your own, um, how did things go? Like when you, when you started going, then you can kind of, there's kind of no more excuses. You can kind of just do what you want to do. Right. Yeah. So, so practice 2.0 was a little bit different. You know, uh, we, we did start off, you know, back in the, you know, back in the, the first iteration of it, we, we had, a, we started off with massage therapy as an ancillary or an adjunctive service uh, provided by registered massage therapists. Cause that's what, you know, other doctors in the area did. And so you thought, okay, I guess that's what we are supposed to do. Let's bring one in and make room for them and, and stuff like that. Um, and we had that we had, and, and again, this was part of my evolution was I didn't bring a physiotherapist on. I didn't really know much about physiotherapy. I'm like, okay, I, you know, I sprained an ankle when I was a teenager and I went for a couple rehab sessions. I didn't know much about what physiotherapy was. And at the, you know, again, early on in my career and my evolution uh, of my chiropractic understanding easily compared to a physiotherapist or other kinds of manual therapists and, and thinking that we are just as an alternative or a substitute for what they do and being really 
offended when people said, well, I can go to the physio and get the same thing. I'm like, no, you know, and I would get angry about it, you know. Um, (laughs) And and again, part of the evolution was really allowing myself to carve out my own definition, you know, uh, and and be true to my own own definition of chiropractic and, and what it is that's distinct and unique about it. What can a chiropractor offer and provide? that a physiotherapist cannot or a massage therapist cannot or an acupuncturist cannot. Uh, and again, that's adjusting, you know, the spine to influence and, you know, affect the nervous system in a positive way. Uh, and so it, as that evolution and that understanding really came clearer and clearer, I said, Hey, I can exist, you know, I can coexist and have a physiotherapist in my office too. Uh, so when the time came that the opportunity that there was extra space to use up and occupy, uh, in in the office, I said, "Well, we're gonna bring uh, a physiotherapist in." We started, so we got uh, you know had the the RMTs in, brought a physiotherapist in. Uh, eventually, got a second one in, as well as an acupuncturist, you know, to fill the space. Plus, hey, I needed extra income because it was only the only one earner any, anymore. So um, it worked out well. But again, it, it allows as a multidisciplinary clinic now. It allows me to sit there with a patient and say, um, yes, you're here, you know, you're coming to me or you're coming for, you know, this, this is what chiropractic provides uh, and offers. And it may not be the solution for you. Conveniently, there's my other therapist down the hall that can do that or, you know, help you with that. Um, And at the same time, they may need that co-management. So here's what the chiropractic component brings into the, you know, brings and offers that, you know, brings to the table. Uh, and you also would much and, you know, be, you know, very much benefited by X, Y, Z by, you know, the other person. So it, it really allows us to say, this is our lane. This is what we do. Um, and we're not, we're, we're not a, you know, a, a, you know, a different dish on the menu um, amongst physiotherapy, massage, and, and acupuncture. We do stand alone. We are, are a completely unique thing. And, and that really, again, it allows us to really communicate that unique uh, value that chiropractic can have. Well, that's so good because you can collaborate with other professions without, without blending into their professions. Like you can still stay unique exactly. and distinct yeah. and collaborate. And I find that too, like a, a medical doctor is like one of our biggest referrers. And, um, and it like, he doesn't even like he, like I always try to educate him on chiropractic. He doesn't even care. He just knows that people do well when they come. But yeah. like I can still be a chiropractor. I don't have to pretend that I'm a physio or pretend I'm a massage therapist or yeah. or yeah. something. So that's that's cool because you can stay in your lane and still work with other professions easy. Yeah, yeah. So I love it, and it you know, it's, it works out great, and and I'm very happy doing it. Uh, I'm very happy doing it. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, tell me a little bit about when did you start the shift, or how did you find out about it. I think I joined the shift July of 2018. Yeah. And so I had, you know, I had knew of Brandy for a number of years, you know, the senior articles in what is the Canadian chiropractor magazine. Yeah. Years ago. And I says, you know, who's this, you know, with the hair and whatever, like, okay, <laughs> maybe you should know something. I don't know. You know, and then, um, however it came about, it started, I don't know if I followed her or started, you know, I guess we became friends on Facebook. So I started reading all their long posts and things like that. And, you know, it, 
is you're like, yeah, this stuff makes sense. This, this girl knows what she's talking about. And it was really cool. One thing I did appreciate as I still, and I still do about her is she understands chiropractic. She's not a chiropractor. She's a, you know, what we would say, you know, you're not, we consider a lay person. They're not a, yeah. You know, they're not a chiropractor, but they understand it better than most chiropractors maybe do, right. uh, which is fantastic. And, and she has uh, obviously a, a unique knack for um, relating it to the real world and relating it to people uh, and their reality. So, uh, so it really resonated with me. I really enjoyed, you know, starting to read her posts. And then, you know, I guess from that, you know, learn about, hey, there's this, you know, this program. Uh, online, blah, 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 called the Vitality Shift and, you know, started learning about it. And so, yeah, I, I was, uh, I remember it was, I was honestly like just laying on the couch. It, was, it would have been back in June, I think, because I think you guys were opening it up for the week, uh, the last week in June, right before the Canada Day long weekend that year. And I just, you know, scrolling through Facebook and then I see, okay, Vitality Shift. I'm like, okay, this sounds really cool. And I just felt there was something I needed to do with it. Uh, and so I joined it, boom, popped it, paid the money. And uh, over that weekend, I had a little bit of downtime. So I started just diving into the, you know, the videos and the modules because I was, I was looking for something like that. You know, I had been through, you know, like, like, like so many other doctors, you evolve over time, you know, you implement, you know, certain procedures and protocols and some exam tests over time, you know, you get really, you know, technical and cumbersome and, you know, this big, long exam and this big, long report of findings and, and all these things. And then you scale it back because you realize it's, it's like overkill for you. It's overkill for the patient. Uh, and you really try to chisel it down. And I chiseled it down a little bit too much uh, at the time. It was really basic and really worked really well, but I did want something more. So I, uh, you know, as I saw this and I said, yeah, these vitality tests. Okay. I think, you know, I think there's something there. Uh, and I like that, you know, the inside civilization station, uh, the, the, that's a, you know, key piece of, you know, of my evaluation that I, I, I really, really love. Yeah. Um, and, you know, adding those objective measures, cause it's one thing that, you know, run your hands up and down on, on somebody's spine and say, oh yeah, you've got this, this and that. I'm like, great. <laughs> Pass the snake oil. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so where do I sign? But you know, these are objective measures and I like that they didn't, they're not finding problems. They're, they're showing what you're capable of and showing, you know, here and what you're capable of should be out here. Yeah. And it's, again, it's about building health. It's, it's not about eliminating the problem, a problem. Uh, It's about building health. Hey, do we eliminate a problem along the way as a result? Fantastic. And that's part of what they're for. They're there for too. So we respect that. Um, but as that premise of, again, being constructive rather than uh, trying to eliminate, uh, I, I just, it, again, it's something that resonated with me uh, and I loved it. So I, and I've loved it all along since. So I, I do really like being a part of that community uh, and helping other, you know, and, and, and I am, I'm happy to help other docs um, along that way in, in their process with it too. Yeah, that's great. You know, and uh, I, I really, uh, that's one of the things I want to get to here too, is the you've been helping a lot of chiropractors out in our, in our community, just having questions about, um, about growing right now, because like the, like in the old days you could do like screenings or corporate talks, or you go out and 
go door to door and introduce yourself to businesses where now like you have to like knock on the door because they're locked because they're only allowed two people in. <laughs> and so you have to make sure you have an online presence. And so I was wondering if you can maybe just talk, share with the listeners a couple of things that maybe chiropractors can do out there just to kind of increase their online presence. Because like in some places, like even for us starting tomorrow, everything's locked down. That's basically the only place they can find you now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. Um, so I was an early adopter, at least in my, you know, my, ge- my local geographic market. Uh, my business was an early adopter of a website, you know, probably one of the first in the area that to even have that. And it's, you know, in, a, in its own domain and, you know, an email address that wasn't at simpatico or hotmail or Gmail or Yahoo or, or at bell.ca or something. Right. So, um, you know, it started with, it started with that and really from there, you know, as time went by and the, you know, the original websites were great. They're just like a big library of amazing information. And just the fact that you had a website was, you know, sometimes enough for, you know, people to find somebody by looking online somehow yeah, uh, and, and finding you and booking with you. And obviously, you know, the, all of that evolved. So we have, you have to keep up with the times. And so the, uh, the site that we had was kind of getting stale and it wasn't serving the purpose anymore. The purpose was to make, you know, provide a bunch of free reading material for people who, you know, wanted to spend hours reading articles on all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, it was, let's find a chiropractor to go help me with whatever I, I want. Right. Right. So, so the website wasn't, wasn't doing that. So I started looking at, okay, well, what makes a website work that way? What, you know, and then it's conversion is the thing. So what makes a website convert? What, what makes it rank to, to be found in the first place and stuff really looking at that. And, you know, Google became the, you know, kind of the major search engine for everybody. So, you know, how do you make Google happy and how do you get those, you know, how do you get the clicks coming to your website and then getting them to, it's, it's again, you don't need it. It's, it's not that the website, you know, it, it, it could be pretty and have lots of information, but if that's all it does, then it, again, it's not getting the person in your door uh, and, and on your table. So, so what, how do we, how do we get them to go through all those steps? Uh, and so, you know, call to actions and things like that come into play. So I really started diving into, into really understanding it. And especially after, you know, we went, you know, after perfect patients was a great, you know, first foray into that Uh, again, very good informative websites. Uh, And then we switched over because we, we saw, we we saw a bigger carrot being dangled and I thought, Hey, this would be a better marketing and more conversions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And it was a lot of, a lot of hype, you know, a lot of sizzle, no steak, uh, paid a lot of money for changing the website and it just made it look worse. <laughs> it, but at the end of the day, it didn't convert. Uh, so I said, I'm going to take this on my own. And so I really started diving into, uh, I always had a kind of an interest and I don't, you know, sometimes I wonder why didn't I go into computer programming or something like that? I always had a bit of an interest in that kind of stuff. And are you, so, are you an ant? Oh, darn right. <laughs> totally. I know. <laughs> That's awesome. I, uh, I, I, I coached for a time with Russ Rose and, and he had me do the personality testing where they look at, uh, you know, analyticals and all that stuff yeah. and for ABCD, whatever he goes, you're like a 98 C or something. Or something. <laughs> I've never seen that before. I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so 
You can see why the OE stuff doesn't work. Yeah, like you're not going to be like doing sh- sh- sizzle and presentation and all the this stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, not me, not me at all. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, getting back to that. So I said, well, what makes this stuff? You know, what's SEO and figure this out. Like, uh, so I started diving into that. Like, what makes a website good in that aspect um, to be found, to be clicked on, and then to, for people to actually you know, once they're on there is, you know, then it's a whole other story is how do you get them to actually call in? How do they, you know, book that appointment with you? And so really trying to optimize my site. And at this, you know, at the time where um, the the practice was being renewed and a new, you know, kind of a new version of it coming to, to fruition, you know, renewed the site and, and changed a lot of things and, and really made it work. Um, uh, because I, I really, I didn't want to do talks. I didn't want to do screenings. I, you know, I had done them in the past. And you hate them as an introvert. Introvert. You're just like, I hate it. You know, I've tried them and I I like speaking publicly. Yeah. I I, enjoy giving talks, but to go do it with with the intent or the expectation that it's going to convert patients that closing, it's just not something I can, uh, it, it just, I hate it. So, um, I knew that that wasn't going to be part of my strategy. Right. Uh, I said, okay, so what can work for me? And, and that's where, again, having a good web presence, uh, starting with the website and, you know, and then branching out with social media and all that stuff started coming along. And it's, you know, so um, I, I created the website, which everybody can do, you know, takes a little bit of time and a little bit of work. Um, but I, I, I built the website from scratch. Um, and so it's got everything I want and nothing that I don't want. Um, and it does it, it and not to, you know, not to toot my own horn. It, it does a great job at, it, at what it, I wanted to do. It, it converts people it gets people, it, people find it, they find us, they call and they book. And, and that's what I wanted to do. Uh, I don't need them to know that I'm, you know, that chiropractic can help with, uh, you know, or uh, people go see chiropractors for X, Y, Z and all these things, or, you know, I don't need a big thing. Yeah. I'm looking for a chiropractor. Yeah. You don't need to educate them on everything. To the yeah. It's not the place to get them in. Yeah. For it. So let's, let's get it to serve the purpose we want. And, and that's what it does. Um, and, and in recent years, um, the, you know, Google maps has become a, a, a bigger and bigger player. Uh, as is Google, you know, how Google's algorithm for searches uh, shifts to, you know, again, looking for a local business, it's going to look on, it's going to show you stuff based on the information in Google Maps, which it comes from uh, on the business owner side, uh, what you put into what's called your GMB or Google My Business, which, yeah, we've talked about on the, you know, in the Vitality Engine group. Uh, and in that, you know, as much as maybe even more, you know, uh, depending on how that person is trying to find you a chiropractor in their area, um, that Google Maps listing may be even more powerful and more critical uh, for them being found and, and called. So, uh, so again, I've, I've, you know, done research to, to, you know, optimize that and there's still more to do on it. And I, the, the good thing is it's worked well enough that I've been so busy uh, taking care of patients and everybody else, you know, and the practices have been so busy. I haven't gotten back to, you know, add on the stuff and, and, you know, refine some of the stuff that I wanted, that I want to do. That's all kind of, 
you know, sitting there on the shelf and waiting for me to get to, uh, maybe new year's resolution would be to, you know, chalk up, you know, block out some time to chip away at it. But, uh, if, if it's done right and it's set up well, um, it, it can be a very powerful tool. Uh, so, you know, and it, it's not the hardest thing in the world. Maybe the website stuff, there's a bit of it that can get technical to make it really super duper, but the, the GMB listing for the Google maps stuff is absolutely user-friendly. If you know how to use Microsoft office or, you know, any Google product, um, they not vain, you can, you can do this. Like it's, it's not, uh, you don't need to know computer programming and all that other jazz. You just need to know your own information about your own business and you plug it in. It's not a lot of hard work. Um, so, so you basically kind of say like, you want to make sure you got a, uh, is your word, is your uh, website a WordPress? Do you, WordPress, WordPress? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, there's other platforms, but you know, 99% of, you know, unless you're doing a custom job for a big company, like, I don't know, FedEx or something, yeah. um, most small businesses and most, Website creators, uh, you know, that do it as a business, that's the platform that they're going to go to. Um, and there's nice, you know, themes that you can use and makes it really easy. And a lot of the stuff is really drag and drop. Uh, you know, it, it was a little more, again, was a little more tactical maybe 10 years ago or five, even five years ago. And, and over the years, it's just become more and more user friendly uh, and easy to do. So um, it, it, I, I wouldn't, I, I, I would use WordPress if I were, you know, a doc out there now that's yeah. looking to do this on their own. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, play with anything else. Yeah. So you got, okay, you got to have your website and you want to make sure you just have some good SEO and then you want to make sure um, you have uh, the Google, my business, right? The Google yep. my business. You want to get, make sure you get in there and optimize it all. And you can just, you can just research that, right? Like even YouTube where like, is it, do you, do you know any resources which are kind of good for people to just learn more about that? There's a lot of good free information uh, on a on a site called the uh, it's called Web Twenty Ranker I believe it's called uh, and these guys are SEO guys out in the states mm. they provide a, a ton of great value uh, you know and all the stuff that they do is above board so it's not like you know there's some you know less and less now but you know five years ago or so there were a lot of they call them black hat techniques or like shady shady ways techniques. Yeah, uh, of, you know, of boosting website performance and ranking and all those kind of things. These guys, these guys do things on the up and up, um, and they, you know, uh, and they provide a ton of value and offer a lot of free content. Um, you know, they have guides for how to set up your GMB from you know from scratch, uh, and they go pretty in depth, and you can get as as technical or as basic as you want. Uh, and they, they provide a lot of great information that way. Um, let's see what else might well, just may, mention it one more time, just for people. I think it's web 20 ranker, like okay. web two zero ranker.com. Yeah. Okay. Google, cool. Google and you'll find it. I'm sure. Um, they do, they have a lot of, a uh, lot of great products, uh, for them. So uh, a lot of great resources, free guides and all those kinds of things. They have a newsletter, you know, to keep you current too, because one thing is, um, you know, within reason is keeping current because we all know that, you know, Google changes their criteria in their algorithm uh, on a fairly regular basis. And, and again, that's where some of the shadier tactics in the past that work, they don't work forever. Because they evolved that out. So that wouldn't work probably because they learned about it. Yeah. Google catches on to the, you know, to the cheaters and the tricks and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, and and it, maybe not necessarily penalize it, but it won't reward it either. Um, right. Okay. So it's uh, there's a there's a principle of EAT is uh, you know experience, authority, and trust uh, in your website. So if your website has those things and that's providing good content and easy user experience, and and you have a authority in the sense of you know what you're talking about. So if you are a healthcare provider and you're talking about again stuff that's in your lane, uh, yeah, and providing good prop, you know, good content and information to people about solving again, and especially Google, it's helping a consumer solve a problem. They don't necessarily need to know an encyclopedia worth of information from your website. They want to know, can you help them with, you know, because let's be honest, not every patient is coming to a chiropractor because they're asymptomatic and want wellness care and vitality care. They are coming because they have, I got this problem, that pain, whatever that may be. Uh, and I, I've heard, or, you know, Google tells me that a chiropractor can help me with that. And so which is the chiropractor that I'm going to choose to call up and find an appointment with. So that's really the purpose that Google will provide. So if, if you could show that you can provide that help and solve that problem for them, um, then that's that patient's yours. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how that, that's a, so that's kind of the approach to take with, um, you know, with the content, you know, as well as, you know, how you're, how you're presenting your website overall. So mm -hmm. it becomes, uh, again, just being proper, being authentic. Don't, don't try to shady stuff. Don't try to see your stuff. And, and so, and, and as far as Google maps, are you just talking about like kind of optimizing it within that Google, my business, make sure the Google maps. So there's, there's a ton of stuff that can be done just within that. Um, and sure, you know, making sure that, you know, all the things that you can fill in that are relevant for your business, yeah. fill them in. Uh, it's there. It's, it's free. You know, it's almost like a second website that you're getting for free. Um, right. And, and that's not even delving into uh, where, Google offers that uh, that separate business website on the Google domain. You can you can you don't even have to. That's a whole other rabbit hole. That even I again, that's that's the stuff up on the shelf. And <laughs> I haven't gone into that. And, yeah. and don't even again if in less competitive markets and niches, you don't even necessarily need to go that far down. Um, if you are in a more competitive, uh, geographic market or, or niche as a business, uh, you know, again, as chiropractors, it just depends on your geographic area. You may or may not be, um, going down that rabbit hole is, is way beyond what most people would ever need to do. Uh, there's enough stuff on the main profile, um, that you fill that information in and you're, you're going to be miles ahead of probably most people, most other chiropractors in your geographic area that you would be targeting or that would be considering you. Uh, and that goes for just, you know, simple stuff like your hours, um, payment methods that you accept, uh, what services you do provide. Again, uh, perhaps a little bit unique or not uh, with my business or my practices, um, we are multidisciplinary. So we do offer other services. So, you know, for filling in your categories, chiropractors the, may be the main one, but you also want to make sure you fill in that you, you fall, your business, you know, falls under or in the category of physiotherapist or massage therapist or acupuncturist or any other services or products that you might provide yeah. uh, and offer in your clinic, make sure you're there. So that's, that's one of the main things that Google looks for uh, to know 
to provide, you know, put you on the, the listing of results. Uh, so that's a, that's a basic one. Um, offering the different services they provide. So if you are, you know, if you do have massage therapy, you know, what lengths of sessions do your therapist provide? Um, what different styles of massage therapy do they provide? Do they provide deep tissue or a sports massage? Do they right. do uh, stones or cupping or, uh, you know, whatever other, you know, variations and options that exist out there, put it all in there. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Mm-hmm. Spend the time and get that information in there. It's only the more information Google has that's correct and proper about you. Um, the more information Google has, the better. So you can't really go wrong with providing more and more information about what you do and what you can provide people. So well, and it's uh, funny. I think too, because even for me, I set it up like quite a long time ago, and then I never even looked at it again for like five years. And then I kind of listed, like in the last probably two years, I went back in, and you're like holy cow, I just, I barely have a listing, but I have nothing filled in and I have nothing optimized. Um, and, and, and then you can just see how important it is now. Uh, like especially in this COVID time where you can't get out, how, how important it is just to go through and just make sure it's updated on a regular basis. Just make sure you, cause it'll tell you how, how optimized it is, right? It'll give you a percentage oh, yeah. on there. And, and yeah. you, so you just try to fill you, And it's pretty easy. You just fill in what they say. Yeah. And from, and going back to it to check it out, from time to time, or, you know, as time goes on, they introduce new features and new sections um, that, yeah, just like you say, you you created it and you know filled it all in the first time in 2016. Well, since then there have been, you know, this new feature, that new feature. Uh, you know, one of the ones that's in its kind of its infancy is uh, integrating with some of the different online booking platforms that some clinics may use uh, or different businesses may use for, you know, say a restaurant for reservations. Uh, so that's a fairly um, early, it's, it's kind of early in development of that, but it's, it is available. So there are some that it can integrate with. So hooking that up is, you know, that's a huge thing or ha- at least having a link to your own booking platform that you can use, uh, you know, different things like that, that, yeah, they weren't there four or five years ago. So why not, you know, peek under the hood again and see what's, see what, how can Google help me? Right. And again, it's always, it's, it's free stuff for the most part. So, uh, why not, why not use it? And it's yeah. such a, again, it's such a powerful tool. Yeah. And then the reviews, right. Cause reviews are super important as well. Do, do you get, do you guys have a technique or something in your office that you use to, uh, to gather, um, uh, reviews or to encourage them? We, we've done, you know, little campaigns here and there um, offering, you know, you know, something as simple as a $5 Starbucks gift card, or we've done, you know, kind of contests. So, you know, say this month, uh, if, you know, provide a Google review or even a Facebook review or a Yelp review, whatever, you know, whatever we want to target, um, yeah, you know, every review, you get a, a, an entry into a draw for, you know, we give away an, an iPod or back then when it, when they, you know, they were, I think they're still the thing. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, something that's of some value, 150 bucks, 200 bucks or something like that. Um, or just give the, you know, the $5 or even a $10 for a gift card to Starbucks or something like that. Uh, just because they've given you a review. We've done some different campaigns like that in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's, uh, a lot of docs use um, Jane software, Jane app, uh, which is just rolling out a feature for 
uh, asking for reviews, uh, either in an automated sense or a manual that you say, Hey, I know that guy's going to give me a good review. Let's go ask him for one. Right. Uh, and so what, how it starts is to make sure that you're not asking for one and getting kibot, getting surprised by a, a low star review. They'll ask you, uh, it sends out a, um, you know, plug for Jane app. Maybe they'll send me a check. Uh, they, it sends an email out to the patient asking them for a, to review or provide feedback. Uh, on a five-star system, it's an internal review. And if they give you four or five stars, it follows up with asking them if they'll provide that on Google as well. Right. Uh, so again, that's one that we haven't, they just introduced in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we'll probably roll it out in the new year. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, so there's, again, there's different, but there's all kinds of different options. Um, one, an idea that I had floated, I hadn't implemented any yet, but one I know another doc and I, I had a great idea um, because the, for some people or, or, you know, they, they feel like if they're bribing somebody, they yep. don't like to do that. So offering the gift is, is not one they want to do. Uh, and sometimes there's uh, different jurisdictions, states. Or you can't. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that at all. Oh. So um, they kind of framed it a little differently, which I thought is a really cool idea. We're asking, um, you know, even just a simple sign up in the office at the front desk saying, hey, if you provide us a Google review, we'll donate $10 to the local food bank or the local XYZ charity yeah. uh, on your behalf, in your name, right? And, and so, you know, people will feel that, hey, that's a great cause. Uh, and they'll do it for the goodness of that, uh, you know, rather than, yeah, you don't need another couple of lattes from Starbucks necessarily. That's not going to inspire you or motivate you. Um, to, to plug in that review, um, but maybe helping somebody out in need will. Uh, so I thought that was a really cool idea and, you know, something I may, may, may do soon enough too. Down the road too. That's awesome. Well, coming into closing, we actually went a little longer, but I thought there was some good information, so we might as well just roll with it. Um, I always like to ask my guests, um, at the end of the, at, at the end of the podcast, just if they'd like to leave any kind of words of wisdom, cause you know, we got chiropractors all over the world that, you know, life is a stressful time right now. So um, what kind of things would you like to leave with your introverted self to, to tell everybody <laughs> in your excited, excitable way? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you, you know, you kind of, you kind of, you know, you kind of directed me in a, in a bit and, and I, I thought about this one too, but, you know, everybody, you know, especially right now, you know, things are stressful and in a lot of different ways for, for different people. Um, and, and for us as chiropractors, we do have a unique ability to uh, provide in our office a, a, a positive experience and a calming experience. Um, so again, it, it can be a very constructive one if that's our practice premise and, and our purpose. Um, so we do have that to, to offer. Uh, and, in, and in doing so, not only now, uh, but, but at, at all times, you know, there's there's a, a gradient or a spectrum of, you know, pushing too hard and, and working too hard and maybe even trying or caring. I don't want to say caring is a bad thing, but caring too hard or getting too invested in, um, at your own expense yeah. of yourself. Um, and, and pushing too hard where you're feeling uncomfortable or you're doing something that you, that you don't want to do or you, you, you don't like. Um, and so there's a gradient of things. You don't want to be a complete introvert, uh, 
And you don't necessarily need to be all over the place either. There's on that gradient or that spectrum, there's a, there's a place for you. And the place that you find that you can, you know, you have the best of your, you are, you know, you can't be totally lazy and expect everything to happen and be successful, but there's going to be a place there that, that kind of that happy medium sort of thing where you're giving a good effort and you feel good about yourself. Uh, and you know, you're, you're getting great results, you know, and and, and that applies, you know, for personal stuff as well as on the business side of things and in clinical things that are happening in your office, um, find where that is for you. Uh, you know, you don't want to always be pushing and and going so hard that you're feeling overwhelmed because that ain't going to last. There's going to be, you're going to be burnt out or you're again, you're just going to get to a point where you say, I can't do this anymore because it, it isn't me. You have to find where, find where that is for you, you know, find out that happy place is for you where you're, you're giving the right amount of effort. That's not going to tear you apart and burn you out. And you're also getting the fruits of, you know, fruits of your labor that you're happy with and, and find where that is for you. And when you find that kind of com- comfort zone in a sense, and again, comfort, calling it a comfort zone almost makes it kind of like you're settling. Just call it like the zone. <laughs> it's a sweet spot. It's just yeah. in that sweet zone. Uh, find that for yourself. And you may even find that when you find that for yourself in terms of your inputs, your outputs may actually exceed what you were yielding um, by pushing too hard, especially if it's in a direction or in a way that you that isn't right for you and it doesn't resonate for you, right? So it's, you know, as, as much input that you're putting in, it's, it's got to be regenerating you and, and keep fueling your fire to do that and, and finding a way of practicing that, that, that makes you want to do it every day and makes you, you know, feel good about it all. Uh, and in, in every aspect of it as much as possible, that's, I, I think that's very important. So, so finding that sweet spot is, um, it, I guess that would be my words of wisdom in a, in a roundabout way, find that sweet spot for you that, that, that just makes life so easy and life, you know, you know, just joyful and work is like they say, work is not work. It's, it's stuff you like to do. Right. And I think um, you said it great at the beginning is that sometimes we have to, we borrow other people's certainty, borrow other people's procedures um, at the beginning of our practice. And then we, we need to kind of put that into play and see what it feels like or see what that, what that response is like. And then you kind of, it's like chiseling down the David out of the rock as you finally, you kind of find out what is that ideal way to practice for you because everybody's a little bit yeah. different. Yeah. Everybody's different. So it, it's gotta be what's, what's the right thing for you. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. Well, Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Been a blast. That's good. And, and they're all listeners out there. Um, we're going into Christmas holidays, so I hope you guys all have a, an amazing Christmas. Um, uh, we wish the best in the year. Hopefully, uh, 2021 will allow us to travel so I can meet Matthew somewhere. Uh, maybe we can, we can hook up with some of the listeners since we had to cancel like eight trips um, <laughs> in four different countries uh, this last year. And hopefully, we, can, we have a whole bunch of airline credits, so I can't wait to start to be able to use that up again and go everywhere. So um, I hope everyone's doing awesome. Until next time, shift on. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.